Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining the webinar. I'm so glad that you're able to join us and for sharing some of your time today. Uh, thanks for separating this time to get a little bit more tactical and pick up some extra skills. Give yourself a, a pat on the back for doing that, that not everyone separates that kind of time uh, to learn and to implement. I am hopeful and optimistic that those who are on the webinar today will implement some of these strategies that we're going to share, some of these tactics to help you get your voicemails answered, your phone calls returned, and your emails answered as well. Uh, I'm your host, Gil Pagan, and I'm going to be presenting to you some tactics that have worked for us. But before we start today, I want to share a disclaimer. Uh, some of what you may hear today may make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. You will disagree with some of the tactics uh, that I share, and I may say things that are counterintuitive to a sales process and the way you may operate. So this is why it works. I do apologize, uh, mea culpa, ahead of time. Many of you are in different stages of your business, I know that, and uh, some of these steps that we're going to share with you may not work for you because you can't tell a lead uh, to blow off, for example. Uh, but you can modify these tactics to your business based upon where you are right now with your business. And at the end of the webinar, you will get an offer only available to you. So stick around uh, so that you can hear what that is. Uh, I want to share a little bit about about my story here. My parents were immigrants. I grew up poor. That's me on the left, upper left-hand corner of the screen. Uh, I had just got my hair cut um, at, at the barbershops and I looked very similar to what I looked like there. Not in age, but uh, in hair. Uh, the, the salons recently opened up in our state. Uh, that's me in the middle there at seven uh, in uh, elementary school. I grew up uh, being poor. I dreaded rainy days as I waited at the bus stop to go to school. My sneakers usually had holes in them. My Christmas gifts for most of my life was underwear, socks, and t-shirts, no toys. I asked my mom, what, you know, what, why do I get these every year? And she said, because you need them versus you want toys. Need versus want. So she gave me what I needed uh, versus what I wanted. My mom uh, worked in a cigar factory in Cuba. You can see that on the screen there. Um, she was a cigar roller with a third grade education. Uh, my dad was a watchmaker, uh, bottom left there, uh, self-trained in high school. Um, he uh, was a high school graduate. He worked for Boulevard Lawn Jeans and Rolex. Uh, and then opened up his own business, a variety store, uh, kind of retail shop that sold records and jewelry and colognes, perfumes, those kind of things. And obviously, he fixed watches. Uh, he would take me to the shop um, after school, and I would hang out there and see how he interacted with customers and seeing sales happen and the like. So buying and selling watches uh, is a hobby of mine as a result of my dad's profession and me seeing him fix them. So if you have a hobby 
that you would like to share, please write down the chat. Uh, and I am fascinated by what people do besides working and you know spending time with family and things like that. Uh, what do you do uh, to kind of take your mind off your day to day? Uh, and uh, do you have a hobby? I'd love to uh, see what that is and share that in the chat and I will call it out uh, during the, uh, the call here. Um, if you have an old watch and you would like to get an idea of the value of that watch, given that I kind of do this stuff uh, for fun, uh, let me know. No charge. I enjoy doing it. You got something sitting in your drawer or something like that. You want to get a sense of value. Let me know. I'd be happy to do it. I was the first in my family and the only one to go to college and graduate. I went to NYU undergrad. That's me on the left there. And I did some graduate work there as well and uh, went to New Brunswick Theological Seminary for a theology degree. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation uh, and um, how I went that way and went down that path and um, I'm still active in, in, uh, in the church and doing stuff uh, with the degree and, and ministry and the like, but uh, it's an interesting story that in, in and of itself. I've been married for 30 years. Uh, that picture on the bottom left, uh, of the of the frame there is a 20 year anniversary picture me and my bride uh, we've been married uh 30 years and on the right is a picture of my boys um during that special event that we were doing uh, i started lisa sales rep in the basement of my house uh in new york in 2003 after the company that i was working for got sold i was fired from the next three jobs after that company got sold um, and I realized that I was an entrepreneur uh, and didn't necessarily know that at the time. I got fired for insubordination, not communicating, not being a team player, you know, all those kind of labels, um, and uh, not taking direction as well. And again, typical entrepreneur stuff, didn't necessarily know that I was an entrepreneur like my dad was. Uh, and I, uh, I worked alongside uh, an entrepreneur you know, for about seven years. That, that's where the company that got sold. Uh, and so I was like his right-hand man. And um, I didn't necessarily know that I was carrying that, that gifting, if you will, uh, to, to open up a company and build a company uh, until I went through that process. Uh, and, uh, and then I realized, obviously, my dad was an entrepreneur, so I kind of started uh, the company. When I started the company in 2003, we had a house, a huge house uh, uh, in New York uh, in, um, with three young kids in private school. My wife is a stay-at-home mom. Uh, so I was the only breadwinner when I started the company and I put it all on the line, uh, you know, and uh, credit, you know, credit lines and credit cards and home equity loans, all that kind of stuff. I put it all on the line to build the business. I was the first lease say, sales rep uh, in about two years. I needed to get office space. Uh, so I got a small office in New York, 150 square foot office. Uh, that's a small office. I put one desk against one wall and another desk on another wall. I was on the phone and so was the other guy I hired and we were dialing for dollars, banging out calls, telesales, lead gen, um, you know, boiler room kind of work, all by phone. And then we started closing sales over the phone uh, for our clients. And then we started doing outside sales. So. Um, we kind of progressed from there. Uh, and in 2010, we hit the Inc. 5000 list uh, and did so five years in a row. Uh, and our first um, 
to listing on the Inc. 5000 in 2010 was a year after the 2009 meltdown. Uh, we expanded aggressively uh, in that time while others pulled back and went into the cave. Uh, and I learned a lot of lessons as a result of that. Uh, I would do certain things I would not repeat, but I would definitely do certain things again. So that said, um, that's why you're listening to me today. Uh, as we have been doing sales for over 17 years, and that's all we do uh, for our clients, lead gen appointments, getting sales, getting contracts, uh, ink to paper, face-to-face -face work over the phone across the country. We considerably shorten the sales cycle, uh, and we get you in front of qualified, interested decision makers, and we guarantee all of our work. We have tactics that work to get responses. The responses we get can be positive, like let's move forward, or negative, not interested. Raise your hand in the chat if you agree that a response from a prospect, good or bad, is a good thing. That tells you where you stand. So I want to get you uh, to, the, to some of the tactics here real quick. That's me on the Inc. 5000 uh, list uh, and um, uh, a lot younger then. So the, um, what, let's talk, talk about a little bit about the initial conversation that you may have with the prospect. And I, I love this, 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 this graphic here where it says that this product sells itself, then our response is then what do you, what you need me for, right? Sometimes you're a sales rep and you're carrying multiple products in your bag, let's say, or your independent contract, your 1099, some of the people that are on this call and what the, a company wants you to rep their line and say, oh, this sells itself. Um, you know, you really don't need to work hard at it. And quite frankly, then what you need me for kind of sells itself. When you have a conversation with a prospect, um, there are things you need to do, obviously. You gotta have that initial conversation, but you have to determine um, if they're a good fit for you, right? And you, you need to be brutal in your criteria. We are brutal in our criteria in determining whether a prospect is the right fit for us. Uh, and when you're having that conversation with the prospect, obviously you wanna determine, are they an, an influencer? Are they an information gatherer or they are they a decision maker? So um, we, you know, when, when we're doing a sale, uh, we prefer, you know, and our people uh, prefer to talk to a decision maker versus a information gatherer, which is kind of at the bottom of the, you know, the food chain. They're just getting information from different companies and vendors and trying to present that to a decision maker to go through it and the like. So um, you need to find out you know, who you're talking to, uh, apart from determining uh, is your service offering a product the right fit for that customer. Uh, and you need to get that timeline from them on that initial conversation. So why are we talking is the question. Uh, what challenges are you facing? Uh, when are you looking to start a program uh, or buy the product or make a decision? You need to get those, those questions answered initially uh, on the first call, so at least you know uh, when that call is done or that conversation, uh, if you had a face-to-face -face conversation, when that conversation is done, you know what your next steps are. So you're doing the right fit. Are they the decision maker? What is the timeline? And uh, if, you're, if your service or product uh, leads or lends itself to doing a quote relatively quickly or giving somebody some kind of general numbers of what it's gonna cost to work with you or sell, you know, buy the product, um, you need to ask them if you're going to give them a quote. Uh, 
what happens next after I give you these numbers. So I'm gonna give you a number and what are you gonna do with that? What happens internally? Help me to understand your process. Then they will explain their process that, okay, I'm gonna to talk to my CEO, I'm gonna to talk to the, you know, uh, the director of marketing, whatever their decision-making process internally, they're gonna share that with somebody else and then hopefully get back to you and make a decision. You wanna understand their process internally and ask these questions. Um, and listen, sometimes asking these questions are hard for people, sales reps, you know, anybody who's selling something, a manager, a VP, they're, they, they're uncomfortable asking these questions on the front end. Uh, and if your prospect, first of all, you shouldn't be uncomfortable asking it, obviously you wanna, this is what you do for a living. You wanna understand where you are with the prospect and close the sale, right? Um, and if, or if not, then at the right fit, you wanna close them down, get them out of your funnel, right? But, but uh, some people, uh, reps and managers feel uncomfortable asking these questions uh, because they feel like they're being pushy or what have you. You can ask the question in the conversational format, gives you a sense of where they are. And if they kind of go around it and don't answer the question, you know, and they kind of avoid it, you know, once or twice, then that gives you another indicator of how serious they are, okay? Uh, tells you really where they are psychologically with buying, okay? Uh, and then you can obviously uh, deal with that. I can't get into all the responses of how to deal with that on this, on this, you know, this webinar, but you need to ask these questions. So you need to, in the initial conversation, are they the right fit? Are they a decision maker? Who else is involved in the process? What is the timeline? And what happens when I give you a, a number, okay? You don't wanna hang up that call or end that meeting with, without knowing this information and getting to the next step, okay? So now what, what is the, the, the agreement, okay? So after, after you've already gotten this information on the front end, you're moving to the next step. Uh, and what happens? So at, on the first conversation, you wanna follow up and say, okay, in that dialogue, when can we talk again? So let them tell you uh, and get a commitment from them. When is the best time to reconnect? So you gave them the quote, um, you have the initial conversation, you gave them information. Again, different people have different sales processes, but now what is the, the, the time when we can connect again via email, phone call, face-to-face, -to, -face, to get a sense of where you are in the process and let them tell you uh, whether when that's going to happen. I, some some um, salespeople will say, oh, I'll call you back in three weeks, or I'll call you back in two weeks, when in reality, the customer, if you were to ask the customer, the prospect, they would have said, call me back in three days, or call me back in a week, or, or email me in a week, or let's chat in a week. So you basically extended the sales cycle, when in reality, you could have shortened the sales cycle significantly by asking them what's good for them. So now you've gotten commitment from them that they uh, want to obviously talk in a week and it's shorter than what you thought it would be. Now you also um, want to get commitment, and this, here's a tactic that we use, you want to get commitment from them that uh, if for some reason the call, the meeting, the email does not happen on the day and time that you guys agreed uh, and you go after them and they're unresponsive, you get them to commit to say, Am I allowed to hunt you down to get you back on the phone in order to have a conversation or get you face-to-face -to, -face to have a conversation to follow up where we left off? In our experience, uh, I, I don't remember any time uh, across the organization, we've been doing this for a long time, where a customer or prospect said, no, you can't do that. They all agree. They all say yes. So now you got them to commit 
to a timeline and you got them to commit to you following up with them if they blow you off. Because listen, prospects will do that. They will agree to something and then they'll blow you off. Um, and you, know, you want them to commit to a follow through and obviously give you some feedback to um, whether you want to continue this relationship, this dialogue or close them out, get them out of the funnel. And again, if they push back on you because you're trying to get them into this, this box uh, and they're not giving you a time frame and they're kind of getting wishy-washy and that kind of thing, that tells you something else. That tells you that they are not there yet. They're not serious. They either don't have the money. They're not the decision maker. Whatever, whatever the, the, the challenge is, there's something there that's preventing them from making a commitment. It just gives you the information you need to proceed uh, you know, to the next step, if there is any, okay? So that said, you get the agreement to all the next steps, uh, permission to follow up with them, uh, get them to agree to a time frame, let them give it to you uh, to, go, to go forward. Now, what happens when they ghost you? How many times have you um, been ghosted by a prospect where, you know, you had a conversation, you sent them the contract, you sent them an email, um, you, they agreed to do something, and then they disappear? After everything I just shared, they'll still ghost you um, because that's just the way people are. I said, you know, a certain portion of, of, of buyers, uh, clients, prospects, leads, they will do that. So how do you deal with this issue um, with they, when they ghost you? So you agree to a time frame. Let's say they agreed to uh, talk on Monday at 2 o'clock. Monday at 2 o'clock came and passed. You called them, they were not there. You emailed them, they, were, they didn't respond. So now here's the tactics, okay? You call and email. You call them on Monday, two o'clock, they weren't there. You email them immediately thereafter. Phone call, email. That's two touches, right? You wait a day. So now it's Wednesday, right? You have a day in between, right? Tuesday is the day you're not calling. Wednesday you call them again, Phone call, email. That's four touches, okay? Now, you're writing in the subject line. Now, write this down in the email. You're writing voicemail number one, email number one. And you're putting your phone number in the subject line. Uh, and I'll explain to you why you're doing that. You, you call again on Wednesday, voicemail number two, email number two, phone number in the subject line. The reason why you're doing the phone number in the subject line your phone number is that many people are reading their emails on their phone and it becomes hyperlinked and all you got to do is touch it with their finger they can call you right back you know if they really want to talk to you they can call you right away the other reason why you're putting voicemail number one email number one voicemail number two email number two is the psychological progression they're seeing that you've contacted them four times and they have been unresponsive something happens in the brain at a certain point where they will flip and, and they'll respond they may tell you to go away. They may uh, apologize and say, listen, let's schedule something for next week, or, uh, or they may never respond. But our experience has been is that the response rate increases significantly. We're talking about 80%, uh, 85% when you do it that way. They give you some sort of response. Remember I said earlier, a response is a good thing. Bad response, good response. It's a good thing because you know what your next step is. So you want to um, get back into a schedule with them to move the conversation uh, forward. Uh, so when they, when they 
ghost you and they still don't respond after they say voicemail number one, email number one, voicemail number two, email number two, voicemail number three, email number three, you hit them six times. This is something that we've done and, and has worked for us. Uh, we'll leave a voicemail um, and say something to this, like to this effect. We are shocked. I am shocked that you have not gotten back to me. We have agreed to touch base. I've emailed you a couple of times. I called you a couple of times. Um, all I want you to do is to tell me via email or call me back. Let me know whether we need to keep on talking. I'd appreciate a response. I'll close down the conversation uh, and, and we can move on. But I'm actually shocked that you haven't gotten back to me. And you write that uh, in an email as well. And again, I said before that some people will feel comfortable doing this. Some of them will feel uncomfortable doing this. But again, if you do it in the right way um, and you write the email in the right way, uh, that most of the time they will respond to you. And usually it's by, and they say, sorry, I'm sorry for, you know, you fill in the blank. Um, so you, you write an email like that, you leave a voicemail like that, that gets a response. Uh, you follow the cadence, email, voicemail, email, voicemail, email, voicemail, then the email that kind of says, you know, you've, you can't do unlimited leads and you will see your response rate increase exponentially okay you need to be professionally persistent and that means again being consistent following a cadence being professional email call repeat email call repeat i want to tell you a story of one of our sales reps who was uh, professionally persistent. We were working with a, I got a whole bunch of stories. I'm just gonna share this, this one. Uh, we, was, we were working with a, uh, a company that was selling websites and they were selling websites uh, to franchise auto parts dealers. Uh, think of Napa, think of Advance, um, you know, think of Pet Boys, think of those kind of people. So they were selling uh, um, franchise websites to those franchisees. So they had the master contract from the corporate to sell uh, websites to these franchisees because the, the, the websites had to be all relatively the same with some different content branding and all that had to be the same. So we worked with the company. We had um, four reps uh, working uh, on their account, getting um, the website sold to the franchisees. And uh, there was one guy, one of our reps, that uh, was following up with somebody who expressed, you know, they were interested and then he was tracking them down. He got them on the phone again. So he was in the middle of a, of a conversation um, with the, uh, the franchise store owner, let's say it was a Napa, uh, and to get him to buy the website. And they were talking, going back and forth and negotiating and all that. And this guy had to go to the bathroom. Literally, he had to go to, you know, he had to, go to the bathroom. So he went to the, to the bathroom in, in the office uh, and, and the other reps are, are sitting there and they're watching this guy with a wireless headset walk into the bathroom. And then you hear uh, one body of water hit another body of water. And this guy's actually using the, the, the restroom while he's on the phone with the prospect in the middle of a conversation going back and forth with him. Then all of a sudden you hear the big flush. You hear the big flush uh, and all the reps can hear it. We, we assume that the that the prospect on the other side actually heard the flush and he didn't miss a beat. Still talking, uh, doing what he had to do, flush the toilet, and he went back to his, his, his desk and he actually closed the sale. Uh, you know, so being professionally persistent uh, and 
and, and follow up with the email call and, and overcoming the objections to close the customer. Uh, these guys were doing that. So you need to follow um, a, a, a cadence to get these people uh, to pay attention. Now, um, if you're trying to engage someone who kind of blew you off and you really believe it's really a good lead for you, obviously you want to do a LinkedIn connection, go down social media, you want to email them on LinkedIn as well. You may want to uh, track them down on their Facebook page uh, if they have a business Facebook page. If you want to go to their personal connection, that's fine. Um, if, they, if you feel that that is something that you would feel comfortable with, you have um, enough of a conversation with them where they would are a great fit for your product or your service, or you can work on, you know, get them on Twitter, uh, maybe go that way as well. So you want to go down to the next part, um, which is to um, get them uh, in some other way to pay attention. So you may also want to send them a card. We've done that as well. A regular card when you get it like a CVS, for example, um, Hallmark. You send them a, a card that is relevant to the situation and you put it in the mail, you write them a note, you put your card in there, your business card and mail it to them. That has gotten us some responses as well. They'll, they'll end up responding to the email, the voicemails that we left. Um, you may want to do that. Again, being uh, somewhat uh, different in your approaches, um, you know, to get these people uh, to respond, write in the card, call me. You know, uh, I, you, you, I feel abandoned. Um, you haven't gotten back to me. That ain't right. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, so what I want to do uh, is, is give you a special offer. And the offer is only offer is only available for you, everybody on this call, this, this webinar. Uh, you send an email to webinars at lisasalesrep.com. And we will give you three months of service, um, four months of service, I'm sorry, for the cost of three months. So normally our programs are four months minimum, six months is typical. We're gonna give you three months of services um, for, uh, four months of services, sorry, for the cost of three months. And we um, guarantee all of our work, okay? Um, so whether that's appointments, whether that's leads, whether that's um, you know, uh, closing sales, um, outside sales, face-to-face -face work, we guarantee all of our work. So uh, four months of service for the cost of three months. And we're gonna do uh, two consults for free. Um, so we're gonna only do just three offers, by the way. We're gonna have three offers of the uh, four months for the cost of three. After we get three people that want that, we're not doing any more. Uh, and we're doing two free consults. We typically don't do consults, um, but for this webinar, we're gonna offer two half-hour consults, no obligation, tell us what your business is, uh, tell us who your ideal customers are, what challenges you're having, and we'll give you our feedback for free. Uh, and you can go out there and implement it and get some more business, okay? So take advantage of that. Once the three are gone, they're gone. Once the two consults are gone, they're gone. We're not doing this um, you know, ongoing. And we'll leave it open for the next 24 hours. Uh, and if uh, they get filled sooner than that, you know, we're done, okay? So don't take it personal. If uh, we can't um, give you the offer, we can't have the consult with you because uh, typically we don't do that, but uh, I want to at least give you some value and offer you something after you took some time to listen to us um, as well and, and pick up these tactics. I hope that uh, you enjoy uh, the webinar. We are done here. Uh, thanks for, for you know, joining uh, you know, the, the webinar here and hopefully you got some value from it and some tactics. Now you need to go out there and make it happen. See you next time.